Hello and welcome to the Pre-Festival podcast chaired by John Plunkett of The Guardian and sponsored by Deloitte. My name is Louise Benson and I'm the director of the Media Guardian Edinburgh International Television Festival. For the six-year running, Deloitte has written the official State of the Industry report for the festival, with GFK undertaking a 4,000-respondent survey as an input into the report. These podcasts examine some of this year's key emerging trends. This year's Deloitte study, researched by GFK, includes a section on why people watch TV. I'm joined by Paul Lee, Director of Technology, Media and Telecommunications Research at Deloitte and author of the research to discuss some of the findings. Also joining me is Lindsay Clay, Managing Director of Thinkbox, the marketing body for commercial TV. Now, Paul, the research tells us that we watch six billion hours of television a month. It's a big number. So what does that actually mean? I think what it's saying is that television addresses a lot of our needs uh, when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to relaxation, when it comes to uh, being social. And the reason why it's maintaining um, such a grip um, on our lives, so when you look at it actually, it's about a quarter of our waking lives on average are spent uh, watching television. Uh, And it always seems to be a surprise um, to people, particularly those um, who are, say, running the industry, as to how much time people are actually still spending uh, watching television. And I think, you know, it's one of those topics and one of those subjects which needs to be understood um, because then you understand what is really successful uh, about television and, and why it works. Because people have been predicting its demise for a, a long time, but it turns out it hasn't happened. I mean, wh- what are the reasons for this? Is it is it the increased choice? Is it um, is it new technology? Uh, is it uh, you know things like PVRs, which are, are enabling us to, to use our time better? Yeah, well, I think it's a blend of all those things. So, you know, one of the things about television is regarded as quite a singular. Um, commodity, but it's extremely plural. So there is something for almost everyone when it comes to television content. So even something like a quiz show, uh, there's a massive range of subgenres within quiz shows. Uh, so you can go from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire um, all the way through to uh, Only Connect on BBC Four. So you know they, they address different uh, audiences um, within there. And, uh, and when it comes to technology, I think that's had a massive uh, impact. So when you look at um, technology and uh, what it's done to the quality of um, television, that's pretty phenomenal. So the fact that the cost of cameras goes down means that you can have more cameras. Uh, the fact that um, we have digital transmission means you can have more channels. Um, and so it really improves the quality of, of what you see. And then also when you look at um, the devices that we have to watch television, you know, they're absolutely phenomenal. So the resolution's going up um, and things like PVRs make it easier to watch more television. So their actual usage has been different to what was expected, uh, but the but the outturn is basically you know we're appropriating technology for the way in which we want to use television. And Lindsay, uh, we touched on there about uh, the way technology has changed the way we watch TV, and we're asking why people watch television. But uh, in an era when we can sort of skip through fast forward at will, and we've got our on-demand uh, videos and films and things we've recorded and Sky Anytime and what have you. Why do we still watch Evers? Well, let's start off with the whole uh, issue of PVRs, or digital television recorders, as we like to call them. Predominantly, they're not used by viewers as a way of avoiding advertising. They're a way of um, establishing more flexibility and control of your actual TV viewing. So, of course, all of us who have the technology uh, skip ads some of the time. But the fundamental point is that um, in the UK, we're still choosing to watch 90% of our viewing is to live TV. And even in digital television recorder households, that's still 85%. So, you know, people, just because people have got the technology doesn't mean they're going to use it to skip ads. 
Um, and if we're not skipping ads, as you say, then but there's also the the sort of rival demands and our attention of a uh, second screen as we, we, we as we touch on elsewhere. Um, how do you keep the eyeballs looking at the small screen when it goes to the commercial break? Well, what we found largely is that, um, just as Paul was saying, the huge increases in expansion in technology has largely helped rather than hindered TV. So, for instance, you know, talking about multi-screening and, you know, two-screening in the living room, it's actually made people feel uh, closer to the content on the main screen. It's, it allows additional sort of um, engagement and interaction opportunities. We've just done a new piece of research uh, called um, Screen Life, The View from the Sofa, which looks at exactly this phenomenon. And what we found is that um, it's one of the things which is actually pulling families closer together because people are you know fundamentally happier to stay because they've got something great to watch on the telly and they've also got their other screen people were using examples of you know checking the date of birth of an actor or going and looking up to see what else they're in and that sort of thing so you know it, it actually allows sort of ex- extra richness and engagement from the um, viewing on the first screen and paul what did your research tell you about the, the health of um, advertising on the small screen What we're estimating, so when you look at every single advert which will be uh, watched on all screens over the course of this year, I think we're looking at close to a trillion impressions for the UK um, this year. Um, So, you know, what is very, very clear is... um, And a trillion ads, just to sort of get that into a a number I can get my head around, is it sort of, is it 49 ads per viewer per day, is that the average? Um, That was what was measured in the first quarter of this year, Um, and that's for everyone who's for or over and uh, on the main TV screen. Uh, but also what we've added in is um, people younger than that. Uh, and you know, regrettably, or this is just life, you know, there are sort of uh, toddlers who also watch a lot of television. Tell me about it. And uh, <laughs> watch adverts too. And then also there's um, additional ads that which we're watching on other devices which aren't being counted yet. So when you add all of that in, we think you get close to a, a trillion uh, impressions. So that's you know, all the people in the country watching a certain number of ads per day. So it's slightly over um, 49 ads uh, per day. Uh, that we're expecting. Paul, how much has um, uh, the, the rise of uh, second screen and connected TV, and how much has that affected, uh, and indeed just iPads and uh, connected, the rise and rise of connected homes, how, how has that affected the amount of TV we watch? Um, I'd say it's supported it. So in, we live um, in a world in which there are going to be more and more connected devices. So you know, we talk about second screens, but in quite a few households, already three, four, five screens uh, in, in a living room. Um, but you know, the main thing is um, that you have to bear in mind is you know, when there are multiple screens in a room, there will be one alpha screen, um, and that will tend to be television or whatever has the most compelling content uh, which is available there. Um, and also to Lindsay's point, you know, when it comes to um, how a second screen's working with what's on television, um, a lot of the second screens, when they're being used, what's being, what they're being used for is basically to talk about um, you know, what's on television. So it's not that everyone wants to interact with a programme, but they like to talk about a programme, but interacting with their friends and with their family. And it may be friends and family in the same room or in another room. But, you know, over time, we will see more and more devices. Um, but they may end up just being like, you know, pets that you have for a comfort factor in the living room. It doesn't mean you're going to use them um, just because they're there. And we still watch uh, a lot of TV, as we've heard, but the um, audience shares of the, the big five, as, as were, sort of in, it's in 
permanent decline, it would appear. But they're they're making up for that by launching lots of spin-off channels, and uh, and the actual portfolio share is of many of the channels is actually sort of staying steady, or in some cases going up. Uh, Lindsay, how much do, do those extra channels and the, and the audiences they provide? How much do they make up for the for the lack of returnable series that would regularly get three or four million a few years ago, which which really don't exist anymore because of the fragmentation of audiences? I think there's um, a little bit of too much of an obsession on you know the, the top five and the decline. The, I suppose the very natural decline in those audiences because of the huge rise in um, you know number of channels um, as everybody switches over to digital TV. Inevitably, you know the share is going to come from the um, uh, biggest channels, but the, you might argue that the other side of um, fragmentation is segmentation. So, for an advertiser, for instance, it means that you get to you know uh, target exactly the right sort of audience in contextually exactly the right sort of environment. So, actually, there are huge benefits. I mean, for the past three years, uh, the shares of all the uh, let's say the major channel families uh, have been absolutely um, solid. So there are about 73% when you include, say, all the BBC channels, all the ITV channels, and the same for Channel 4 and Channel 5. So their share hasn't actually declined when you include all their channels. And you know, one of the ways in which the um, channels are using their extra bandwidth or their extra capacity is simply to move the same content but across different channels. But it's still you know, all about promoting the brand of the channel and ideally keeping people within that. And it's crystal ball time again, Paul. But uh, uh, what does your research show? Um, what are viewing trends among younger viewers? How are they changing? And what does that suggest for this um, six billion hours a month? How is that going to change in years ahead, do you think? One no, very obvious point to make is that you know, a, a common assumption is that teenagers don't watch television. And I've heard that from lots and lots of people, not just in the UK, but sort of around the world. That seems to be almost like a mantra. They were doing their and, homework. <laughs> they should be. Uh, and it's almost never the case. So it always tends to be, well, you know, they watch this and that or else they're watching, but they're watching, say, via tablet computers. One thing is they still watch plenty of television. They may watch a bit more of it uh, on demand. So some of it may not actually get recorded, but they're still watching a couple of hours of TV per day in this country and in other countries. And also what was fascinating from the research, so one of the things that we asked people to respond to was a series of statements about why they watch TV and one of them was I watch television because it gets a family together and the agreement with that statement was highest amongst the younger age groups who are responding. The other thing to mention about young people is of course they have always watched less TV than uh, their adult counterparts so on average they watch about an hour less a day what tends to happen is uh, as soon as they um, reach the life stage that the rest of us are in if you know uh, working hard having kids then their viewing uh, goes up. Another thing your research touched on Paul was the you know the propensity for people to moan about tv not being as good as it used to be but uh, you know looking at the amount we watch it's, it's tempting to ask you know well how much we watch if it was any good? Because there is so much which is broadcast um, yeah. it's easy to find fault with a lot of what's on television and it's every year there's three million hours of television which is broadcast so it is only possible to watch I think about a fraction of one percent of all that television so of course you're going to find fault with what's on television but it's because it's so plural it's so heterogeneous it is not a singular entity so you make television what you want it and everyone is defined by what they like and what they don't like same with television okay well Paul Lee and Lindsay Clay thank you very much for more information on this year's festival, including how to book as well as further podcasts and videos, visit www.mgeitf.co.uk. The Deloitte study will be available to all festival delegates on the 23rd of August and from the festival website thereafter. Many thanks to Paul Lee and James Bates at Deloitte and Julia Lamaison at GFK.